Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. How to approach an extract question for Jane Austen. What kind of techniques would you need to look for and comment on in any given extract? Now, there's a couple of main areas I'd like to outline. Um, I'm going to list them and then I'm going to go into them in a bit more depth. So they are firstly narrative voice, dialogue, structure, moral code, relationships and themes. Okay, so that's the kind of pathway through an extract. So starting off with narrative voice, we've got the omniscient narrator speaking most of the novel to us and Austin's narrator comments on the characters and action outside of the experience of the main protagonist, Elizabeth Bennet. Um, so you've got omniscient narration making comments such as, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a fortune must be a wonderful wife. So that's an omniscient narrator commenting on the action of the novel. Um, and Austin often uses this narrator as a vehicle for social commentary, irony and satire. Um, but then there's also other parts of the narrative that are focalised through the perspective of Elizabeth Bennet. Now, as the main protagonist, we mainly follow her through the novel in her journey um, from innocence to experience, from uh, really coming of age, recognising her own flaws and overcoming her, uh, overcoming her flaws in the Bildung's romance structure that the novel follows. So we've got many incidents in the novel which are focalised through Elizabeth's viewpoint. So it's still a third person narration. It doesn't break into Elizabeth saying, you know, I think this, I think that. But very much what we see is focalised through how Elizabeth perceives it. So, for example, when Elizabeth first meets Wickham, we very much see Wickham through her eyes and um, we filter the things he says and we respond to the things he says in the way that she sees them. So that's um, two different styles of, of narrative voice that Austen uses in the novel. Now, if you think about dialogue, dialogue is massively important in the novel because Austen uses it as a key method of characterization. It's ultimately how the characters express themselves and reveal their thoughts. And the language that they use and the tone that they speak in reveals a lot about different characters. So a character like Mrs. Bennett from the first line she speaks in the novel is immediately characterised as a caricature. Um, she's a comedic character because she's so hyperbolic. That means exaggerated. She's always exclaiming about everything. Oh, single, my dear, to be sure. A single man of large fortune, four or five thousand a year. What a fine thing for our girls. So everything she's saying is um, an exclamation um, and reveals her lack of real understanding. Um, and she's always going, um, she's very highly strung. She's always talking about her nerves. Um, 
and she's just going from one state of hysterics to the next. Um, another good scene to look at is when um, Lydia has run away with Wickham and Mrs. Bennet says to her brother that she's sure that um, Mr. Bennet will now and go and fight Wickham and what will become of us all. Um, just the idea of Mr. Bennet fighting Wickham just seems ridiculous anyway. But the dialogue here really characterises Mrs. Bennet really clearly. Um, and so dialogue, if there's any dialogue in the extract, have a look at how the characters speak and what that reveals um, about them. Now, in any extract, you have to look at relationships and the, the dynamics between the characters and what Austin is conveying through that. So, for example, um, Austin is seeing a lot in this novel about social status. So you've got the way that Miss Bingley treats Jane Bennett as being motivated and fueled by status. In the neighbourhood of Netherfield, Miss Bingley doesn't have any social equals um, that she can um, be friends with, apart from her own sister. And so they very much choose Jane Bennett um, as the most suitable person in the region that they can invite to tea and, and cultivate a friendship with. Of course, when it goes, they return to London, and then Jane goes to London as well, in that sphere, they don't want to be seen with Jane at all because they have many more important contacts and important people of higher status and better connections that they want to develop friendships with. Um, so we can see the relationships of people in some places are very fickle. We can also see how relationships reveal key aspects of character. So Bingley's relationship and friendship with Darcy um, is obviously one of true friendship. However, Darcy often uh, initially misuses the influence he has over Bingley to persuade him to go to London and persuade him that Jane Bennett doesn't actually care about him at all and not to propose to her. Um, we also see the key relationship between Elizabeth and Darcy developing as in their words to each other, they are very honest and um, really frank throughout the novel. And there's all these great conflicts between them as they argue and clash on different subjects. Um, and then ultimately in Darcy's first proposal, where they say what they really think about each other. Um, and then from there, they build a relationship on honesty. So always look for the relationship dynamics between characters in any extract and plot where in the novel this um, happens. So this links to this point about structure. If you're thinking about the novel um, in terms of being a Bildungsroman about coming of age and character development and change, you need to think about where in the novel the extract falls. So is this um, at a point in the novel before Elizabeth has recognised her flaws? Is it at a point where she has recognised her flaws and she's working to change and develop? Um, in terms of the goals of the narrative, um, where where does the extract fall? Um, what obstacles are currently in the way of Elizabeth achieving um, her goal of you know securing a marriage that's based on love, not just on finance? Um, so looking at how any extract fits into the novel as a whole. Is, it, if there's, is there anything in the extract that prepares you for something later on without foreshadowing? Um, and how is Austin building a sense of dramatic 
climax um, as the novel builds. And very much Darcy's proposal in chapter 34 is the midpoint of that. And there's another, there's other important milestones and markers with Lydia's elopement after their meeting in Pemberley and then building to the final resolution, which obviously for many people feels quite anticlimactic because it's so understated in comparison with the fiery dramatic first proposal. Um, and you could say that the obvious reason for that is because Austin wants to show that this is a marriage built on good sense and rationality, not on the kind of high passion emotions that were initially experienced. Now, linked to this is the themes, uh, themes running through the novel, such as marriage, parenting, society, money, men and women's roles, friendship and love. And you should be able to easily spot the key themes that are in any extract there, given that they run very consistently throughout the novel. What is perhaps less easy to spot is the subtlety of Austen's moral code. And when I talk about moral code, I simply mean um, what her sort of message is as she presents the behaviour of different characters. Austen will show us characters who are very concerned with wealth and social status, such as Mr Collins or Lady Catherine de Bourgh. But she doesn't want us to approve of those characters. In fact, um, Austin makes it clear through her narrator and through the way she presents those characters that we are supposed to disapprove of their behaviour. Lady Catherine is proud and rude and demanding. Um, Collins is self-obsessed. Um, and I think it's clear to us that Austin's moral code is saying that the values these characters hold um, are insufficient. That really character and fairness and justice and friendship are more important than things like connections and alliances and these things that these characters um, prize. So in any extract, look for the implicit message behind what's happening. It's always good to look at what happens in the extract and then look at what's really happening. Dig deeper what's going on underneath all of these things and how can you cohesively draw them all together to show how all these techniques combine to create an overall effect that Austin desires. E.g. she wants us to agree with her that marriage should be based on love, not just on money, as an example. So always try and look at what is at the heart of this extract, what is the central message of the novelist and how do all these different aspects of her style and these different techniques combine in order to convey that. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests, so if you want me to talk about a text you're studying, get in touch. Thank you for listening. See you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast.